Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance. And I'm Chris. And today, we are doing another What Are You Reading episode. Chris, we started this podcast because we wanted to read books. What are you reading? But uh, when we're prepping all of these other issues about character deep dives, it's hard to read other content. So we're not reading as much as we would like to of things outside of those parameters. So we decided, hey, we have lots of books that we want to read and catch up on. So we decided, let's just read the stuff we have before we buy more stuff (laughs) so we can justify that. Yeah, if you're like us, Uh, and you collect comics or even just casually enjoy comics, you probably have a lot of books that you haven't actually read. They're just sitting in the shelf. And (laughs) I'm terrible about like, I'm going to, oh, I'm buying this book and I never have a chance to read it. So this is a nice excuse of just like, let's just read something in our bookshelf. So some things might be a little like, you know, oh, you know, I've read that before. That's a very obvious choice. But, you know, it's it's in our shelf and that's what we're that's what we should be reading so it's not always the newest stuff some things might be have, have been around for a while so lance before we get into that we have a new patron that we want to shout out yes we do very recently we had jason ayers join our patreon feed we're so thankful jason for you jumping in and helping to support our show we really do appreciate it jason is awesome he's been around the comp book podcasting community for quite a while now he's he supports quite a few different shows and we are very humbled that he is also choosing to help support us so again thank you so much jason it truly means so much to us thanks jason now chris Mm -hmm. what are you reading oh well so many things (laughs) no actually um i've i've only kind of dipped into a few things but i did get a chance like we said just to start delving into uh, a few books that I either recently got. I made a point to start reading something on uh, digital that I don't actually physically own. And um, so we'll talk about a few things. But the first thing I want to talk about is a book that I've owned, but never really get got a chance to read. It's called In Real Life or IRL. I'll show you the cover. I'll show you the cover. But that's that's very cool. I like that art. It's uh, it's by Jen Wang did the art and Corey Doctro, who is one of the co-owners of boingboing.net. <laughs> um, so he is a journalist, a science fiction novelist and activist. And this book I bought because of Jen Wang's art, because I love her style. And she she's a character designer and, and graphic novelist. Um, it's published by First Second Comics. I was really surprised by this the story was kind of not what I expected. Um, so the, the, the short premise is uh, there's this girl named Enda who plays a uh, MMO, a, a massive multiplayer online game, uh, kind of similar to World of Warcraft, like very, you know, fantasy hack and slash them up kind of thing. And it's called Course Gold Online. And she gets sort of she's kind of a you know, outcast and in, in uh, not very popular girl in middle school or, or high school. And um, and then this uh, real life programmer comes and says, hey, we want to invite you to play. And, and people we're trying to get girls to be, you know, represent girls on on these online games. 
and um, and you have to play as a girl and you get to join our guild and everything. And and she's like, yeah, I want to do it. And um, and so there's some like real life stuff. But then then when it shows her making her character, she's this, you know, fantasy like, you know, uh, female warrior character kind of avatar and she gets really good at it. And, and, uh, and, and the story kind of goes into an interesting turn. Cause at first I was like, okay, it's going to be like kind of a alternate life, you know, one life's better than the other kind of thing. But where it goes is interesting. Cause it talks about, there's a whole thing in MMOs, which there's people in other countries that sometimes just start gold farming or they, they start to go online and, and then they play as low level characters and they, you know, do things and they sell things to other characters to help them cheat, essentially, which I you know, didn't really know about. So there's like a black market within the MMORPG yeah. community. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And I think this is this is kind of a commentary on that. And it was it's like they they were, they were kind of like, oh, these are these kids in China that like they they, you know, log in and then they make these. It, it's kind of like what happened in um, Ready Player One, you know, like all these characters yeah. that uh, they just log in and and they kind of manipulate the system and it makes it hard for people to actually like level up legitimately or like you know the economy that we have right the now the economy right <laughs> so this character and uh basically befriends one of them and says hey like tell me about what you're dealing with and he's like i sleep here i work 16 hours uh i you know he they they kind of get to know each other from it through their avatars, but in their real life. And then she starts like wanting to learn about activism and, and you know, how to protest and kind of tries to give him advice, you know, and he's this kid in China. And then basically like without giving too much away, like gets him in trouble. And she starts dealing with all these things with her parents are like, what are you talking to in China? And like, and it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. And, and it, just how it evolves, it, it was like, oh, this is getting kind of political. And, but it's a really good story. It's a self-contained graphic novel. It's about um, 160 pages. It's a really cute, um, beautiful artwork style and uh yeah it's it's uh, i i definitely recommend it if you're um i mean i'll just say it i definitely recommend it if you're a, a female gamer uh if you like um you know video game comic book kind of stuff but it's but it's also just got like a nice social commentary very very current but yeah it's uh it was it was really fun and it's a really fun style for sure i'll have to borrow that one from you it sounds really fun yeah in real life, IRL. Yeah, it looks great. I'm super excited to check that one out. Nice pick. What? Thank you. Uh, what? Uh, what are you reading? I just recently finished uh, Tokyo Ghost. They had recently released a reprinting of their hardcover edition, of, like of their deluxe edition. This is by Image, and I believe it. So it's ten issues in total. And the whole thing is self-contained in this awesome oversized hardcover. The premise behind it is it is a dystopian future where people are hyper obsessed with just being entertained because the world has just eroded. The rain is toxic. People are just trying to stay inside. So there's all this tech that people are using and there's just interfaces with like pop-up ads coming in front of their faces. To the point where they they despise the outside world so much because it's horrible that people just hook up to their tech and never leave. They There's basically on life support and they wow. just do not want to interact with the rest of the world. 
and it's super dystopian. People can be uh, manipulated through their tech. So there's even emotion things that people can be uploaded with to feel a certain way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Again, kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, ready yeah. player one. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, some similarities between these two stories that we're talking about, uh, except I guarantee you mine's a lot darker. So Flack is the CEO of the entertainment conglomerate that is pumping all these people with addictive tech to the point where they don't want to leave their virtual worlds. And it's leaving all these other people that can't afford all these upgrades to just deal with the horrific nature of what the world has become. There's also these, uh, they're called constables that do the enforcers. They're, they're basically enforcers for the person that runs everything. So for Flack. And then there's this little, there's an underling for Flack called Davy Trauma. And he is a hacker that is able to take control of anyone he wants and make them do literally anything. If they have any tech in their body whatsoever, they can be oh, controlled, gosh. which is that's, horrifying. Yeah, that's scary. It's super sketchy. And there are two main characters in the storyline. So there's they are constables. So this is Led Dent and Debbie Decay. Uh, they are childhood sweethearts that have grown up. And Led was a scrawny kid that was getting beaten up. And it happened in front of Debbie, who he loved. And so he went into this program to become the super jacked dude and become this enforcer. But he has become so ingrained with technology that is easily manipulated. He doesn't interact with Debbie as much as he used to. So there's this whole play of relationships and what the world can devolve into. It's a crazy story because Tokyo is the only non-tech city left in the whole world. And they don't know why tech isn't able to get close to them because Flack is trying to invade Tokyo, but they're not able to get any other tech close to them. This this story is chaos. It is wild. The first five issues are phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. The second half of the storyline gets very uh, deprived, I'll say, just <laughs> because it's all these rich people that are trying to leave the city of Los Angeles, which is where it's based around. But it it just like devolves into gratuitous, self-involved natures of the rich and the elite. Uh, definitely another commentary uh, if we're staying on theme for, <laughs> for this episode. But it is action-packed. The vi- like It is stunningly beautiful. So it's, I should have mentioned this in the beginning. So it's written by Rick Remender, who I am a massive fan oh, of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Sean Murphy does the art and people will know him a lot from the White Knight storylines that are going on right now for DC or they're probably are they over they they keep there's always something new for those ones coming up but great colors by Matt Hollingsworth letters by Russ Wooten and editor Sebastian Greiner or Gurner. Yeah, it's got a cool yeah I'm looking at the book right now it's got a kind of a cool it almost looks like a like an old uh manga kind of style you know like, yeah. like the ones from the 80s almost like the, the sort of proportions of the face and everything but yeah it's it's a uh, pretty cool kind of gritty gritty yeah. looking very much so and the action is so good in it the visuals are stunning to just look at but the, all of the people are basically take take all the humans from wally that are just like sitting in their chairs getting bigger and bigger now 
Just <laughs> make it to where people are just living out the most deprived things they can possibly think of in a virtual world. And then also enacting it in the real world. The rich and the elite are doing that. I The first half of the story is brilliant. The second half definitely devolves into this gratuitous nature like I mentioned. And I I, I understood it. Like I get it. But it, it kind of went a little bit too far for me in certain ways. Yeah. But... It's definitely worth a, a read. Rick Remender's fantastic. He like he's the one that did the huge run of Agent Venom with Flash Thompson. So and he's done a, a bunch of other work. So that was the first thing I finished recently. All right, right on. That's good. That's from uh, Image. Yep, from Image. Excellent. All right. Well, the next book I started reading, and and I think I might get a little bit of a pass with this one. <laughs> oh my gosh is Jeez. i started reading something i got for christmas which is the batman volume one omnibus by scott snyder and greg capullo and this is a 900 page <laughs> collection yeah it's a beefy boy it's it's at least <laughs> three inches wide uh, uh it's it's huge and um this is one you know i've been wanting to read for a while i've been wanting to own for a while and like or i think just all these individual stories um and i was like oh i definitely gotta get this so it's got the court of owls um all of the court of owls it's got death of the family um and then the beginning or maybe the whole thing of sorry zero year and i think it's all of uh Maybe it's all Scott Snyder's run. There might be a volume two, I think. But but yeah, it's it's just really cool. I got about I think I'm almost through the first part of Court of Owls. So I barely scratched the surface and I've already actually I've already read. I was collecting some of the issues of death of the death of the family. Um, so I've already read a lot of that, but it's just really it's just it's just a really good Batman stuff. Um, just I mean, the artwork is amazing. If you ever yeah. have looked at spawn you know greg capullo did all of spawn for years and years and years and i was super thrilled just to see like him nail batman and just his take on on the the grittiness and and just the he does amazing architecture and he really has a chance to shine doing like the 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 bat cave and gotham and and everything like that and i just love how they started this off where you kind of have this little conspiracy going on with they, they they're figuring out what the court of owls is and it's like oh that's that's not real and um the first sequence where batman is like inside arkham and all the all the escaped convicts are like fighting him and he teams up with the joker and joker starts like punching all the convicts and everything <laughs> and uh and then like later you find out like the joker comes out of the bat cave and he's like uh, you were a little sloppy there and he pushes a button and it's actually dick grayson with like a like a mask and oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I can't believe you left me in there. <laughs> Bruce is like, well, I gave you an extra day off. And he's like, ah, you, only you would think a day off in, in Arkham would be a day off. Like, <laughs> and it's just it the the tone of the story is it just feels like like very, you know, Batman. It just feels uh, it, it, it's, it was really it's been really fun to read. There's some creepiness in there. There's some great you know villains that i've seen so far and just a lot of mystery stuff and and detective work and everything so it's been really fun just to kind of read through this and and see how the story is progressing 
I mean, no complaints so far. I, I've only scratched the surface, but I'm hoping that maybe in a couple of weeks or months, whenever I get through <laughs> this, I can, I'll, 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 this will be a continued, what are you reading? I'm like, how is it go? It's more like, how is it going with the Batman volume one? But yeah, this is a, a big beefy boy, like you said. Uh, I love it. Love it. How so many, far. how many pages are you in at this point? Yeah. It'll just be over the next couple of years of recording this podcast. <laughs> I'll be like, well, Lance, I finally finished the Court of Owls. Uh, but I'm, I'm flying through it. It's a, it's, it's a really fun read for sure. It's a beautiful book. I also really want to get that one too. Yeah. I just love his artwork. It's super cool. Court yeah, of Owls is creepy as hell. Mm -hmm. Capullo's fantastic. Hey, what are you reading? My next book uh, falls under that category of weird crossovers, which if you listen to this podcast, you know, I am a massive fan of weird crossovers. We have an entire episode style just for it with Crisis on Infinite crossovers. And this book will definitely be making an appearance on a future episode of that. But I just finished He-Man Thundercats, which is just <laughs> one of the ultimate crossovers anyone could possibly have done in comic books, period. <laughs> I'll be honest, uh, th those are not two things I thought you were going to say <laughs> when you said crossover. I was like, oh, it's going to be like Flash Booster Gold or something like that. And I was like, oh, nope. whoa, He-Man Thundercats. Interpublisher <laughs> crossover. Yep. This was written by Rob David and Lloyd Goldfein. Goldfein. Artist is Freddie E. Williams II, which everyone will know from the Batman TMNT crossovers that they've done, three of them, as well as the recent Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Godzilla crossover that just happened. Colorist is Jeremy Caldwell, and the letter is Darren Bennett. Now, this story is everything I hoped it would be. It gets wacky and zany. You have He-Man and lion having some team-ups. You have all these different characters that have their kind of pair within the series doing fun things together. And of course, you get the setup of Mamra and Skeletor kind of having their plans, but it's not the normal way you have villains teaming up. It's very, very different. Please tell me they find out they're related. <laughs> uh, not so much. Uh, it could be, but... In this storyline, the He-Man and Thundercats are from different worlds. And okay. there is a, a catalyst for merging the two worlds together, which is absolutely bonkers. But you have, it starts, the story starts off with Mumra, once again has failed going up against the Thundercats. And the spirits that em, uh, empower him have become tired of it and have reached out to another universe to find someone that can finally defeat the Thundercats. And yeah. uh, who do you think that was, Chris? Oh, um, uh, Orko. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Or <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's really interesting the way everything evolves. And I don't want to go into too much detail here because there's so many fun reveals and if you're interested in learning a little bit more about it in a deep dive, uh, Dear Watcher, our friends Robin Guido from Dear Watchers recently did a deep dive into this crossover. So I'm going to give it a little bit of time before uh, I do mine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, it's it's really cool. It's almost got like a like a gouache painting. It's it's like a little muted, but but like almost like a like a spotty watercolor texture. It's It's really interesting. Yeah, but they do a really great job of 
basically using the power-ups and boosts that each of the teams get with each other and it kind of expounds on the power and there's just a lot of cool twists and turns that they do in this specifically one thing that goes on between cringer and the thundercat so he-man's battle cat that's always really timid there's a moment in this story where i'm literally flipping the pages and i'm like oh my gosh are they about to do it are they about to do it and (laughs) <laughs> like okay spoilers i'm gonna say it's one spoiler sure. if you don't want to hear about it just f- like fast forward a couple seconds liono uses the sort of omens to transform cringer into a battle cat like oh, nice. anthropomorphic looking he but he has like the armor like he has his battle armor yeah, as yeah. battle cat it is sick he's like a hulk sized oh, <laughs> thundercat cool. it is so awesome that's this story just made me smile from ear to ear the entire time (laughs) i read it in one sitting if you're a fan of he-man if you're a fan of thundercats this one hit on all cylinders for me it's super wacky fun mumra and skeletor are so engaging with one another skeletor skeletor is hilarious in this thing but a super fun read just turn your brain off have a lot of fun that's it (laughs) nice that's that's awesome crossovers are great and and stuff like this where they're really tapping into childhood uh, properties and IPs and stuff are sometimes, you know, just it's like just guilty pleasure kind of stuff. I love it. Amazing. Oh, it's so much fun. OK, I only have one more. And, and again, I only started this one because, you know, I, I tend to like bite off more than I can chew in terms of like, hey, I'm going to start this huge thing. I started Lock and Key from Ooh, yeah. IDW and specifically Lock and Key Volume 1 welcome to lovecraft and this is by joe hill and gabriel rodriguez this has been out for a little while there's a netflix show based on lock and key and you know this is one of those like i knew it was from the book i never read the book and i did actually watch the first episode of the netflix and then i stopped and i was like you know what no i'm gonna i'm gonna stop and and uh read the comic Man, this it's like way different than uh, I mean, it's the same sort of story beats, but there's some stuff like they kind of young adulted the Mm. show. That's what I figured. And 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 the comic was like very like adult, uh, you know, like there's just some stuff. I was like, oh, wow, that's different. (laughs) (laughs) um, I I was I was surprised. I mean, not in a bad way. I mean, because like it's just a different subject matter. But I was I was kind of surprised because it was definitely not like a um, young adult story. (laughs) Um, It was a kind of creepy like there's some creepy stuff happening and there's some really interesting you know very traumatic things that happen for these kids this this brother younger brother and sister and then older brother and they lose their dad in a very uh intense home invasion kind of thing and so they move to this um place called the key key house and uh, it's kind of like an old victorian manor with a lot of secret nooks and crannies and stuff like that you've probably seen from from the previews of the show the little kid finds the secrets first he finds a key and 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 uh weird stuff starts happening supernatural and ghosts and everything like that so it's it's done in a style that i think i want to say this with the 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 nicest possible like i like the style i don't think it's 
matches the the tone of the story. Yeah. It's almost like 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 a it's a little too polished and you know stylized. And I wish we it was something where it was like a little bit more gothic and a little mm. bit more like you Gray know darker. Be, yeah, gritty like 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 almost like a David Masekeli or uh, or. Just yeah, something where it's just like a different art style, and and I I love the art style. I just it's just like it's definitely um, uh, different from what the story I think is trying to progress. The the characters are are really stylized, the big eyes and like big chins, and and almost like you know like Joe Madurita Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it that took me away a little bit, but I mean, and you know, Lock and Key's been out for a while, and obviously it's a it's it's a great book. But yeah, it was just it was just like first impressions. But um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna read the rest of it and and kind of you know get through the shock value of the graphic nature and and uh, yeah, it's definitely very different from the Netflix series. So just to just be aware, just be aware of that. Um, if anybody else is reading this or you know, has recommendations uh, based on based on this. Uh, let me know if I should keep going with it because I know it goes on for a little while. So what are you reading? That's what I'm reading. What are you reading there, partner? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm sticking with crossovers and this okay. <laughs> run just finished. It is the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Series 2. Uh, issue 5 dropped, I think it was last week or the week before. And this is from... Obviously, Ryan Parent, who we've had on the show twice now, illustrated by the legendary Dan Moore. And I'm already calling him legendary. He's early on in his career, but he's an absolute beast. <laughs> he's he's going to go down as one of the greatest Amazing comic artists like, yeah. ever. He's phenomenal. And the output he does is ridiculous. Uh, colors by Raul Angulo and lettered by Ed Dukeshire. It was another blast. So much fun to read. Ryan Parrott has a perfect voice for the turtles and the power Rangers in this storyline. We it's not a spoiler. It's literally on the cover. The power Rangers become mutant versions of, of their respective Zords. So like Jason (laughs) is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like Billy is a Triceratops. It is bonkers. And it's really funny because Tommy becomes a dragon and there's multiple jokes about like, but wait, dragons weren't real. He's like, I don't, I know, just go with it. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it just plays in with the fun of the entire story. Like, don't think what, about it. Just, just accept the, accept the story. Yeah. And that is exactly the mentality you should have with this book. It is just, just go in wanting to have a fun time and thoroughly entertained. The, the fun thing was that you get a lot more of, Splinter is a lot more present in the storyline. He's helping the Power Rangers be mutants. He's taught oh, the Turtles how yeah. to do it before, so he's doing it again with them. The Ninja Turtles get a new uh, Ranger design because they find Dimension X Morphers. We get a new Zord combination in this one. We get Shredder uh, being the Green Ranger Shredder again because of a Shadow Morpher, and that was like the big thing that popped the last time was Green Ranger Shredder. Everyone's obsessed with that one. I'm obsessed with that one. I have the entire Funko pop line of, of these ones that were all the con exclusives. Lance is a little obsessed with this book. Just a little <laughs> it's bit. Not, it's not a bad thing, but it's just funny. <laughs> yeah. And and the fun thing, and I'm not going to say anything other than the fact that I've been able to interview Ryan a couple times. He's given me some like insider 
info a couple times. I'm not going to share any of that information here, but he, he shares some of it on his social media every once in a while, but there's, there's so many things happening behind the scenes between these publishers because when you have like boom and IDW, every, like everyone has to be happy before things go to print. So there's all these ideas and concepts that get thrown around, but it, not everything comes to fruition like the creators would like when the publishers want a certain image for their characters. So, yeah, sure. But it's, it is really interesting to see where the storyline is going and it ends on another cliffhanger and it's kind of been teased that we might get another one, whether Ryan Parrott is involved in that one or not. We don't know yet. I am hopeful that he is because he's a phenomenal writer. If he has to step away from it, I would be thoroughly thrilled to step in and write. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll do it. Just let me do it. Uh, but have like, even if he can't do it, have Melissa Flores, who is currently writing Power Rangers, go through right now. She she's been on the show before too. She's the one that co-created the uh, Hyperforce Rangers. She's the one that ran the TTRPG uh, of Hyperforce RPG. Brilliant writer. She's writing Dead Lucky right now. Power Rangers, like she's got so many other projects going on right now. Uh, Radiant Pink as well, but this storyline needs to just keep happening because it's brilliant. It's so much fun for nineties kids like Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers together. That's what we've always wanted. Just keep it rolling. Like <laughs> just print money with at this point. Cause we're all going to buy the book. <laughs> That's fun. I'm happy for you. Thanks. I don't know why I never got into Power Rangers. I think it's because when Power Rangers came out, I was in high school and it was, it was right. a little too, no, there's that's not, you know, no. it was like Rangers was not meant for your I'm generation. Gonna, I'm not going to watch that. And right. and then and the, the the other thing is like later on, I started drawing caricatures at, at theme parks and, you know, every fourth kid was was this kid like you who would come up and be like, I want to be the Red Ranger. <laughs> it's like, OK, <laughs> so I'd have to draw like for, for a good year of like 95, 96. I was like another power ranger <laughs> just like draw a dinosaur in the back here fine take it and then yeah yeah but i love drawing ninja turtles like that was no problem yeah of course it's <laughs> I, I like being a being born in 1990 i was that perfect age to love both power rangers and ninja turtles my brother was far more obsessed with ninja turtles i was a lot more obsessed with power rangers but i had the toys both of the toys in my house so they would always yeah. fight against each other and work together so literally going from playing with these toys as a kid and then seeing it in a comic book together is just like the ultimate lance as a little kid would be losing his mind even more <laughs> than lance today if he's if i could show him look what happens later on what if i told you that in 20 years <laughs> 30 years later <laughs> and he'd be like oh my gosh you're so old and i'm like yes yes I why am. do you have hair on your face <laughs> well that's a fair collection of stuff that we're reading it's it's almost like we have a lot of comics that, that we haven't read in our house oh my gosh a literal shuffle and i and i'm still even working on two of mine so like there's there's so many that i haven't even started yet but uh hey do you have recommendations for what we should be reading you should send it to our twitter or our instagram or our email at comicbookkeepers at gmail.com 
Um, thank you all for listening as always. And you can reach us on social media at CBK cast. And you know, if you want to support even more, you can drop a five-star review on uh, Apple podcasts. You can also leave us a review on whatever other podcast streaming platform you're using. And if you want to help even more, you can jump over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash comic book keepers. We would greatly appreciate any support. And literally it's it's helping us to pay for all of the, the, the podcasting fees that we were in the red for so long. And again, we just really want to shout out all of those patrons that we have right now because you have helped us so much financially and uh, we really appreciate all of your support. So thank you. Yes. Thank you, patrons. And thanks everybody for listening and hope you are having a great time reading your comics that you've picked up recently. And if you haven't, go read a comic off the shelf. What's something you've bought that you haven't read yet? I know that there's something there that's just sitting there in its plastic wrap or with a unbroken spine that you need to read. So maybe now's the time. Maybe this weekend, just curl up with a good book comic book it's time to close the book on what are you reading so until next time this is chris and lance reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer